slowly reopening the border. This can be fantastic news and very good news for families hoping to reunite. How Canada plans to quit the quarantine. Vaccination motivation. This is our shot to be together again. BC's plan to persuade people to get their shots while other places offer incentives. And a mother's agonizing choice. She realized that if she had kept me, that eventually I would end up at the Kamloops Residential School. The heart-wrenching sacrifice that protected her from the residential school system. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We start with welcome news for travelers. Starting in early July, fully vaccinated Canadians will no longer face a two week isolation or hotel quarantine when they arrive back home. But as John Hua reports, the relaxed rules do not apply to tourists, and industry experts say the summer season will be lost if changes aren't made soon. 789 Heavy Vancouver Tower, Hello, travelers. It's the Canadian government speaking. Upon arrival, some may no longer have to check into a quarantine hotel. Starting in early July. To allow fully vaccinated individuals currently permitted to enter Canada to do so without the requirement to stay in government-authorized accommodations. Skipping the costly three-day stay in a quarantine hotel would apply to Canadian citizens and permanent residents who can prove they've gotten two doses of a Health Canada-approved COVID-19 vaccine. They will still be required to have a negative pre-departure PCR test result and required to be tested on upon arrival with a suitable quarantine plan to wait for their day one test result. In BC, that means the new rules could apply. To approximately 1 million people projected to be fully vaccinated in this province by the beginning of July. As long as you have somewhere to isolate, that's safe. It's a great idea. You save money. The change in restrictions will also help reunite loved ones. It also applies to immediate and extended family, as long as all the same requirements are met. People might be seeing this as, oh, problem solved, when in fact there are a number of problems still apparent and so many questions still left unanswered. The company that provides rapid testing for people flying out of Vancouver says other countries are more lenient on fully vaccinated passengers, no matter where they're from. You can travel to Germany right now. You can hop on the Lufthansa flight, double vaccinated, without a COVID test at all. Not a PCR test and not a rapid test. The quarantine hotel is still in effect for those traveling for tourism and non-essential business, leaving those worried about the summer season and beyond. Time is of the essence. We have the summer tourist season right upon us right now. So we need clear, comprehensive plans. So waiving a stay in government-authorized accommodations might be great news for some. There are still plenty of reasons why others continue to have reservations. John Hua, Global News. The key metric to allow fewer restrictions is getting as many people fully vaccinated as quickly as possible. But while many eligible British Columbians are now expecting to book their second shots right away, the still limited supply means they're waiting longer to roll up their sleeve again. Richard Zussman reports. Vaccine waiting game. People want to be vaccinated in British Columbia. British Columbians can now get a second Moderna or Pfizer shot eight weeks after the first. The problem is getting the appointment. The only limitation on the delivery of doses in BC is the amount of vaccine. At the end of last week on Sunday night, we'd use 98% of the available Pfizer vaccine in BC. 
Many are waiting up to 12 weeks between doses. Hundreds of thousands of people are eligible, and that list is growing daily. On May 26th, BC did 3,430 second doses, 6.5% of all shots given that day, and it's going up. On Tuesday, it was more than 31,000 second doses, 63%. Let's just look at this week and next week. 95% of our available uh, appointments are filled. The bulk of the province's immunization plan has been to use mass clinics like this one. They can do up to 80,000 shots a day across the province, but have never reached that level because of vaccine supply. Ottawa is hoping to change that. Today, I'm able to announce that Moderna will deliver 7 million doses in June with shipments commencing next week. For the first time, Moderna will come from the United States, and this means around 900,000 doses to B.C. during the last few weeks of June. The B.C. Liberals are calling on the province to use pharmacies to increase where the shot, no matter the brand, is administered. They are our most trusted health care provider. They are our most accessible health care provider. The province hitting a crucial milestone Wednesday, 44,732 second doses. The most BC has done in a day. Richard Zosman, Global News, Victoria. All right, let's get a check of the latest COVID-19 numbers for our province now. We bringing BC's total to 145,843 with 1,975 of those cases currently active. Hospital numbers are down. There are 195 patients in hospital right now, 47 in the ICU. Sadly, there have been three more deaths, including someone in their 40s. And while many are anxious to get their second jab, uh, Keith Baldry joins us now with more on where that uptake is not quite as enthusiastic. Keith? Uh, indeed, Sophie. So parts of BC really lagging behind other jurisdictions when it comes to getting even the first dose. So uh, Metro Vancouver and Vancouver Island, by and large, uh, doing pretty well in terms of even exceeding the provincial average. It's a different story once you get outside Metro. Uh, take a look at this. The vaccination rate province-wide is more than 74%, but the Peace River remains a serious concern with less than 50% in the two largest cities there, of Dawson Creek and Fort St. John. Vanderhoof, Enderby, and Smithers Rural also with low numbers compared to the provincial average. But Metro Vancouver is doing better, but there are pockets in Metro Vancouver that are not doing well in terms of getting vaccination numbers sufficiently high. And primarily it's the Fraser Valley that we're talking about. Chilliwack, uh, the northern part of Chilliwack, a little less than 60%. Central Abbotsford, downtown east side now, 65%. Mission, Aldergrove, Richmond City Centre, and uh, believe it or not, Shaughnessy and Caresdale also tracking lower than the provincial average. Good news on this front, though, folks, is that these numbers are actually have improved in the last week. So we are vaccinating more and more people in these, in these uh, pockets of uh, low immunization numbers. But hopefully we get that 74.5% up to 80. Uh, as Richard pointed out, if we get more Moderna, uh, we could get to 80% quicker than normally. Right, right now, if we don't get any more Moderna, it could be July before we hit 80% with that first dose. All right, we'll see how it all uh, unfolds over the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Keith. Encouraging more people to get it is a good thing, but don't hold your breath waiting for any vaccine incentives or lotteries in B.C. The Manitoba government unveiled a new lottery today, and as Imadagahi reports, while B.C.'s COVID-19 situation is much different, the government isn't ruling it out completely. Nearly $2 million in uh, cash and scholarships 
uh, will be awarded this summer. That is Manitoba's premier offering a vaccine lotto to get his province out of the third wave. Number 25. What he's doing is not uncommon. Finally, the wait is over. Americans have been offering vaccine incentives for months now. Everybody that has been vaccinated in the state of California will have their name put into this drawing. Think of this when you think of vaccination. Mm. In Washington state, a joint for a jab. In West Virginia, guns and trucks. In the United States, it seems to be working to some extent. But so far, this province does not feel there's a need for a similar program. I'm confident that we will be able to achieve our objectives without incentives, but we haven't ruled that out. Vaccination rates in BC are creeping towards 70% of the population, and case counts are at the same time decreasing. If we get to 85% doubly vaccinated by Labor Day, that by anyone's definition is community-based immunity. Which is why social media campaigns like this I was are now focused on reminding people to get their second shot when eligible. What the studies are showing is that the first shot uptake has been really great and a lot of people are really getting excited for their second shots as well, but they are stalling a bit on the second shots. Many who believe their health is incentive enough to get the shot tend to agree with BC's approach of foregoing a lottery system. I've worked with some anti-vaxxers and uh, I think stuff like that only pushes them further away. Just too bad that some people need to be bribed to take care of their health. How about signing off on their health care cost if they do get it? I choose not to get vaccinated. I choose to pay for my health care costs should I get COVID-19. Because some people's minds are made up. No, I'm good until I need it. And may never change. Have a good one, guys. Amaragahi, Global News. The family of an Edmonton man who was found murdered in Surrey have launched a powerful new website and video to help find new information in the case. It's just a piece is missing in our family and it's just never been, it'll never be the same. In the early morning of August 20th, 2017, the body of 19-year-old Tanner Krupa was found in an alley in the 6900 block of 127A Street in Surrey. He was killed just three days after he'd moved to B.C. from Edmonton to start a new job. Police have said they believe Krupa was killed in an altercation with a group of men, but no one has ever been charged. His roommate said that he didn't come home the night before and my heart dropped. I knew, I knew right away something was wrong. We have to have justice, we have to. He can't, this can't go on unsolved. It just can't all, to the day I die, I will fight to find out what happened. The family is appealing for people to visit whathappenedtotanner.com and to contact IHIT or Crime Stoppers if they have any information about his murder. Shockwaves are still rippling through B.C.'s southern interior after its chief medical health officer has been charged with sex crimes. Dr. Devillier, how will you answer to the charges you're facing? We'll come in. Just thanks a lot to you. 52-year-old Dr. Albert Devillier was released on bail with conditions today after being charged with sexual assault and sexual interference against a minor. RCMP say the charges are connected with allegations in Grand Prairie, Alberta, 
when de Villiers was the lead medical health officer in that province's northern zone. And we're limited about what we can say as it works its way through the judicial system, uh, as it should. But, but uh, what I can say is that it won't distract us at all, and anyone in interior health, from protecting people from COVID-19. Do you have any other comments to make at this time? Nothing. Have you been released onto your own recognizance? Yeah, I'll talk to my lawyer about it. The conditions on de Villiers' release include surrendering his travel documents, not spending time with anyone under the age of 16, and not being in parks unless he's with his wife or another court-approved adult. He'll appear in an Alberta court June 30th. A Surrey man is heartbroken after his puppy was fatally attacked by two dogs at a local park. RCMP and Animal Services are investigating the incident on Monday morning near the Kennedy Dog Park on 90th Avenue near 122nd Street. Mange, who doesn't want his last name used, says his wife was leaving the dog park with their seven-month-old puppy, Otis, when two large dogs broke away from their owner and unleashed a vicious mauling. Otis did not survive. And Manj says the woman walking the marauding canines took off after the attack. How's your wife doing? Uh, not good. Wife, she's crying, screaming, hysterical. So are the kids. Um, it was their dream to get a puppy. And this is how it ends. Luckily for us, there were two uh, people in the park. Um, they were able to call 911, stay with my wife. Uh, one person we're very grateful for, follow this person down 90th. I've been to a residential area. Manja's wife was able to capture a photo of the woman who left the scene with the two attacking dogs. Surrey RCMP are appealing for witnesses and surveillance video. Sticker shock at BC Furniture Stores. The international trade dispute that has prices for some products skyrocketing, hitting retailers and customers right in the pocketbook. That's next on the News Hour. The underwater effort to stop a leaky shipwreck from spewing oil. That's coming up on the News Hour. And there's no place like home for a man paying the sweetest tribute to his late wife. That's still ahead as well. Right now, though, if you have been shopping for a new couch or chair recently, you probably noticed some of the price tags seem sky high. And that's because the Canadian government has slapped tariffs on furniture imported from China and Vietnam. And as Kylie Stanton reports, it's not just buyers feeling the pinch. Looking at a leather sectional uh, made in China that we retail for $6,198. Pro pillows not included, which is too bad. You're really going to have to love this piece and be prepared to spend a small fortune. Our new price for this sofa is $24,498. So it's a huge, huge increase. The Canada Border Services Agency has slapped temporary anti-dumping tariffs on sofas and chairs coming from China and Vietnam, like this one. What was supposed to retail for $1,048 now costs... It's going to go up to $4,148. So that's an increase of... 296%. The move comes after Winnipeg-based Palliser Furniture Limited alleged the dumping was creating an unequal playing field in the industry. 
In a statement, the Canadian Border Services Agency said the CBSA has completed the preliminary stage of its investigations and found that imports of upholstered and domestic seating from China and Vietnam have been dumped and subsidized. Effective May 5, 2021, provisional duties are being imposed on these imports in order to offset the harmful effects of dumping and the subsidization. Retailers in the furniture sector are, are shocked and somewhat appalled. The Retail Council of Canada has now formed a coalition of retailers to oppose the tariffs, saying they're not reasonable, while taking the pandemic into account where supply chains and domestic manufacturers have been disrupted. So we think that uh, there's a good case to make is that it's damaging business for all. In the meantime, retailers are forced to choose, pass the price hikes on to the consumer, or swallow the costs. We have actually had to take this all on as a company debt. Dodds has cancelled 35 containers of product amounting to $1 million and is selling off what's left. Up, up to 70% off just to move it because we can't repeat on it again. The CBSA is expected to make a decision on whether or not to extend the tariffs by August 3rd. If these duties don't come down or they don't get taken off, we don't know what's going to happen. Kylie Stanton, Global News. Up ahead, a loyalty, po uh, loyalty points program turns out to be anything but. Yeah, I was actually quite horrified because I thought they were ours. After a lifetime shopping with her husband at Canadian Tire, the added shock she got when he passed away. And local entertainer Jazzy B blocked from Twitter why he's fighting back. Loyalty and reward programs are meant as an incentive to keep customers coming back to a business. But for a Vancouver Island customer, that isn't the case. When her husband passed away, she was surprised by the response she received from a major Canadian retailer about the points he had collected over the years. Our Consumer Matters reporter, Andrea, is here with more. And Thanks, Chris. Susan Brown is questioning her loyalty to Canadian Tire. She says she was shocked that after her husband's passing, his Canadian Tire points were forfeited. Now she's sharing her story with the hopes of changing that policy. Let there be parsnips. <laughs> For decades, Susan Brown and her husband Gordon were loyal Canadian Tire customers. As loyal as could be is how I felt, my husband. He's, you know, fourth generation Canadian. He really felt that was, you know, the Canadian store to go to. Over the years, the couple and their family enjoyed collecting Canadian Tire dollars and later the loyalty points. The kids loved getting to have the little dollars in their hands and we'd collect them and make a big deal about, oh, we almost have enough for so-and-so, so-and-so. And, they get really excited. But this past April, her husband unexpectedly passed away. Uh, this is Gordon and I, uh, Christmas. When Susan went to pay his Canadian Tire bill and closed the account, she says she was told her husband's Canadian Tire loyalty points were non-transferable. I was actually quite horrified because I thought they were ours. I thought it was our account. For many, many years, we you know, spent them together while all of a sudden they're not mine. The Nanaimo couple had separate Canadian Tire credit cards, but her husband was a primary card holder. Due to company policy, Susan says the points could not be transferred. I guess they all call them loyalty points, but 
wasn't very loyal. And your customer care department was not very caring. <laughs> Consumer Matters reached out to Canadian Tire on Susan's behalf and received the following statement. As is the industry practice for loyalty programs, upon the death of a program member, their account is closed and their loyalty points are forfeited. In this case, Mr. Brown was a primary program member and primary credit card holder, and his wife was a supplementary credit card holder. At this time, we do not intend to revise this policy. But Patrick Soika, founder of Rewards Canada, says forfeiting someone's reward points when they pass away isn't necessarily industry standard. It's probably about 50-50. There are definitely some programs that when you pass away that those points and miles are forfeited. It's right in their terms and conditions. But there's also a lot of programs there that also allow the transfer to um, children, spouses, uh, or you can will it to somebody else. After Consumer Matters contacted Canadian Tire, Susan says she received a $250 gift card, more than the value of her late husband's points. While she says she's grateful for the card, she wants to see Canadian Tire change its policy. I want to see that you know, policy change. It, it, nobody should have to go through this. Now, as to what consumers can do, Rewards Canada also recommends reading the terms and conditions set out by a company before signing up for a loyalty program. Some plans allow you to transfer points to the beneficiary's account with a copy of the death certificate. Again, it really depends on that fine print. And if you have a consumer issue for me, you can email me at consumermatters at globalnews.ca. All right, Anne, thank you. A warning now from the Better Business Bureau about potential scams involving people trying to capitalize on the recent tragedy impacting Indigenous peoples across Canada. A sponsored ad on Facebook by an online retailer called Titoro mentions all proceeds from its sales will go to the Indian Residential School Survivor Society. But when you click on the link, there is no further mention about donation proceeds anywhere on the website. An investigation showed the website actually belongs to another online t-shirt company which was hijacked to appear legitimate. Consumers are being advised to be mindful and do some research before donating. A Langley woman is sharing a heart-wrenching story about the impossible choice her mother had to make to save her from the horrors of residential school. And as Catherine Urquhart reports, Tina Tabhouse hopes her own reconciliation with the past will encourage others to push for change. The year was 1968, and newly born Tina Tabhouse was given up for adoption and raised by a non-Indigenous family. Not uncommon at the time. In fact, it was promoted in government ads like this one. I, I can't even imagine what it was like for any mother back then. For decades, Tina didn't know the circumstances of her adoption. Then she connected with her Indigenous mom, a residential school survivor, who explained why she made the heartbreakingly difficult choice. She realized that if she had kept me, that eventually I would end up at the Kamloops Residential School. So she decided to give me up for adoption so I wouldn't have to go through that. The Kamloops Indian Residential School is where the suspected remains of 215 children were recently discovered at an unmarked burial site. News that has deeply impacted so many people, including Tina. All of us have been affected by residential school whether we attended or our family attended. And it's 
traumatizing and triggering for all of us. Tina says her childhood was happy. I did grow up in Langley. Um, they did take me to um, a powwow every year in Mission. The 52-year-old says she's now reclaiming her interior Salish culture. I'm wanting to learn more about my language and, you know, our culture and traditions living off the land. And she's hoping all Canadians will learn more, leading to a better understanding of Canada's Indigenous peoples. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. The B.C. government has formally agreed with a declaration by three Vancouver Island First Nations to halt old-growth logging on their traditional territories. Last Friday, the Huayat, Dididat and Pachidat First Nations called for a two-year suspension of logging operations. That territory encompasses more than 2,000 hectares and includes the Ferry Creek watershed, the site of ongoing anti-logging protests, along with the central Walbrand Valley. I want British Columbians to understand absolutely clearly we are doing things differently in British Columbia. This is not your grandparents' forest industry. It will be your grandchildren's forest industry if we manage it correctly. Working with Indigenous people, working with communities, working with those who are on the land right now making a living for themselves and adding economic vitality to their area of the province. Still ahead, food reconstructed. So this powder has one and a half servings of fruits and vegetables. A company turning food waste into something much more useful. Also tonight, a popular DJ says he was unfairly kicked off Twitter. And the reason has nothing to do with his music. Good evening. Still a little bit busy eastbound on Highway 1 through Burnaby with congestion at the usual merge points like Willingdon and Kensington. From home to car insurance, BCAA's local experts are here for all your insurance needs. Visit BCAA.com. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center. A memorial continues to grow in London, Ontario for the family killed in what police are calling a hate-motivated hit-and-run. People are still dropping off flowers and messages of support at the site of the attack where the family was run down while out for an evening walk on Sunday. Nathaniel Veltman faces four counts of first-degree murder and one count of attempted murder. He's expected to appear in court on Thursday. According to police, he was wearing a body armor-type vest when he struck the family with his pickup truck, killing four of them. Only a nine-year-old boy survived the attack. Police believe Veltman targeted the family because they were Muslim. I think the family is relatively private. Uh, they're going to continue to focus on supporting Fayez. I think that is going to continue to be their priority. Um, and they will help the fight against Islamophobia and against you know, any type of racism. They will continue to fight against that. The family says the boy is still in hospital but in stable condition and that their goal will be to help him grieve following this tragedy. New concerns tonight about online censorship after a B.C. Bhangra superstar was blocked. As Grace Key reports, Jazzy B. believes his Twitter account was suspended in India because of his support for farmers' protests. 
Calgary native and international Bangra superstar Jazzy B has been outspoken about his support for farmers protesting controversial India farm laws. Now his Twitter account with 1.2 million followers has been suspended in India. It's kind of shocking, you know, it's the freedom of speech. You know, I stood up for the farmers, obviously what happened, CCN aside in 1984. You know, I've been always talking about it, vocal about it. You know, it's not, um, I I don't think I offended anybody. I didn't write anything wrong. It's a history that's going on right now and what happened 37 years ago. Over the weekend, Twitter emailed the Punjabi music superstar, letting him know that it had received official correspondence from the government of India regarding his account, claiming it's in violation of India's Information Technology Act. His account is still accessible everywhere outside of India. The government has been in tense standoffs with social media companies demanding certain accounts and posts be taken down post critical of the farm laws and the government's COVID response. The singer says this won't silence him from speaking out in support of farmers' rights. Every person has the rights to speak their, uh, their mind, or, you know, on social media. And uh, uh, I, I, I was kind of shocked, really, to hear this. And uh, But like I said, you can't silence me, you know, you can't block my Twitter or my social media. I will always talk about this and always stand with my own people. Attorneys for Jazzy B have emailed Twitter for a response. Grace Key, Global News. Seniors and staff at a Vancouver long-term care home have produced an amazing video tribute to frontline healthcare workers. It began when the staff and residents at St. Vincent's Langara were asked to make a video for the staff of St. Paul's Hospital. They settled on a song, but not just any song, an original song and lyrics written by the staff and the seniors themselves. The theme of the video, called Don't Give Up the Ship, is Don't Underestimate Seniors. Also tonight, a special ceremony outside Lionsgate Hospital this afternoon to honor the heroes on the front lines of the pandemic. The BC Veterans Commemorative Association presenting a boot of remembrance lapel pin to healthcare workers, North Shore police, firefighters and paramedics for their courageous work over the past year. The boots on the ground symbol, which honors the sacrifices of war veterans, is being passed down to first responders who've gone above and beyond. Wear it proudly. Thank you. We thought veterans have been honored for many, 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 many years and remember stay in other times. And that you people have done things that are unbelievable. And so we wanted to honor you too. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. And thank All you for your service. Thank you. <laughs> the veterans want to make sure the professionals who continue to persevere and endure through the COVID-19 crisis do not do so without gratitude. And that's an obvious expression right there. Well done. Up ahead, we'll meet the wizard behind some unusual yard work. I decided that I would have it become a tribute to Shirley. The man who built this whimsical expression of love and the woman who inspired it. Coming up later. And in sports, a TikTok star combining two passions, lacrosse and logs. 
Believe BC is brought to you by Pacific Blue Cross Small Business Health Plans. Find out more at pacificbluecross.ca. A U.S. company has been hired to remove fuel that has started to leak from a shipwreck in Nootka Sound. The MV Schiedike sank back in 1968 after hitting a submerged ledge off Bly Island. The wreck was largely forgotten until an oil sheen was spotted last fall. Now the federal government has awarded a $5.7 million emergency contract to Fort Lauderdale-based Resolve Marine Group to safely remove the diesel and fuel oil from the wreck, which is sitting at a depth of more than 100 meters. Big challenge to deal with that. Um, let's hope no ships were in the path of these water spouts that uh, some people spotted out in the Strait of Georgia. Let's talk to Christy right now. Uh, quite a phenomenon and uh, interesting to see some of the pics today. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is rare for our area, that's for sure, Chris. And if you were to ever see a water spout, you would definitely want to treat it like a tornado. We saw several of them off the uh, tip of northern tip of Texada Island this morning. Here's a look at one of the photos from Kevin, who was traveling along BC's ferries, but it was also spotted from Powell River and from Comox out in the middle of the strait there. Great shot from Kevin. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. And another one from Julie. Now, water spouts can be either tornadic, which means that... Uh, it is coming out of an actual thunderstorm. There wasn't any lightning in the area, so this is likely what we call a fair weather uh, uh, water spout. But nonetheless, it is really important to treat it like a tornado in that it could be quite dangerous. And look at this video. There's the one water spout from Kevin, and then he pans to the left, and you can see that there could be two off in the distance to the left there. Very difficult to see, I understand, but it's very common that water spouts not only come in one, but they come in pairs and sometimes even more. Uh, it's often it's, it's sometimes seen that they can come in five or six. Now, the water spout watch is still in effect for the Strait of Georgia. Mariners are urged to take all necessary precautions. That means postpone voyage or seek safe harbor if possible. And if you know anyone out in the water, let them know about this. Now, as for tomorrow, we have more instability in the forecast, which means spotty showers and a risk of thunderstorms, not only here across the south coast, but in the interior regions as well, and especially off in the Alberta Saskatchewan area. There's going to be some major thunderstorms there. And then this is Friday, everyone. So tomorrow, a fair amount of sunshine in the mix, but still that isolated chance of showers is possible. It's only a slight chance for Metro Vancouver, and that extends into the Caribou and Central Interior regions as well. More cloud cover certainly expected, though, on Friday with slightly cooler conditions. So far, our weekend a little bit iffy. Still a chance of showers, but it looks like we warm up a bit. But tune in uh, uh, some more for uh, an update on your weekend forecast. One last uh, central windows weather window photo of the water spout thank you to kevin for all of those great shots and video all right back to you guys thanks christy a burnaby company has just scored a one hundred thousand dollar bonus in a nationwide competition and now has a chance at even more ted chernecki has tonight's believe bc story of a process that saves food waste from the landfill according to research by the second harvest agency canadians waste 58% of all the food produced in this country. Enough to feed every Canadian for five months. Massive food companies have recognized that food waste is a serious, serious issue. As a chef for most of his adult life, Craig McIntosh has seen it firsthand. The inspiration came from things that were unnecessarily being wasted. 
That inspiration is a company he and others founded called BC Trendy Tech. As you can see, he's a little ugly on this end. The size-wise, he didn't make it. He's a little small in terms of his diameter. And he's, he's destined for the landfill, this guy. This is what Trendy Tech does, goes directly to farms and almost a dozen other food-producing industries and rescues the soon-to-be-discarded. Through patented technology, it sterilizes any pathogens or molds with ultraviolet light and turns fruit and vegetables into bioflakes. And from there, they can be ground into a powder, for example. So this powder has one and a half servings of fruits and vegetables per heaping tablespoon. Trendy Tech recently won a $100,000 prize as a semifinalist and will now compete for a $1.5 million prize in Canada's Food Waste Reduction Challenge. It's currently building a prototype mobile processing vehicle that will go to where the food waste is before it decomposes. One day they hope to have a fleet of these trucks. If enough people are part of it and support it, we're going to scale like this like crazy, baby. This is going to be one of the largest solutions for food waste that currently exist in the world today. And uh, it's, it's a game changer. So there's our strawberry beet lemonade. And it's not just salvaging food to make other foods. For example, turns out the fiber in potato peels makes great insulation. Their motto is repurpose for humans first, livestock second, and industry third, anywhere but the landfill. Ted Scherneke, Global News. Gotta love his enthusiasm. You know someone's enthusiastic when they end a sentence with baby. <laughs> That's Scaling, always baby. a sign. Canada has two national sports, baby. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, and one of them, of course, is lacrosse. And a member of the Vancouver Warriors combines lacrosse with his day job to entertain folks around the world. You know, I'd, be, I'd be honored if some little kid were to pick up a stick because of me. A TikTok sensation who brings his lacrosse stick to the tugboat he works on. Also tonight, we'll follow the yellow brick road, baby, for one man's tribute to the love of his life. All right, Squire, baby. (laughs) Thank you. I know you're enthusiastic about what I'm about to do because you use baby at the end of the sentence. Mm -hmm. Uh, After all the Canuck losses this year, all the angst from fans, all the millions of words... From fans that were written on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, maybe even some dances of sadness and despair on TikTok. After people hired a plane to fly a fire Jim Benning sign around the city, all that happened was one assistant coach lost his job. That's it. The Canucks announced their assistant coaching staff today, and only Newell Brown, who uh, did run the power play, is out. They brought in Brad Shaw, who was John Tortorella's assistant in Columbus, and Kyle Gustafson, who's an old friend of Travis Green's from the Portland Winterhawks. That means they have re-signed highly thought-of goaltending coach Ian Clark, whom, of course, Thatcher Demko vouched for publicly. Chris Higgins moves from coaching back to the front office. Nolan Baumgartner is back. He'll run the penalty kill. Jason King is back. He will run the power play. And video coach Daryl Seward also received a new deal. Big crowds for the Islanders. Boston game. This is game six. New York, the home team. If they win, they're in the final four against Tampa Bay as they were last year. Brock Nelson scoring there. That made it 2-1. Tuka Rask having another bad night, as he did in game five. And Nelson scores again at last check, 
4-2, about eight minutes left in this one. Well, Alfonso Davies had a goal last night. Jonathan David had three. David and Davies leading Canada to a 4-0 win over Suriname. That got Canada through the first stage of qualifying for the 2022 World Cup of Soccer in Qatar, Qatar, however you like. What does that mean? It means now Canada has a two-game total goal series against Haiti, June 12th and June 15th. The game, that's a home game for Canada, will actually be in the U.S. If they win that, they move on to the third and final stage. Tyrell Hamer-Jackson of the Vancouver Warriors is good at many things. Lacrosse, he's also a good tugboat crew member. And he combines both of those talents to be a TikTok star as well. My name is Tyrell Hamer Jackson. I'm a deckhand at Hotter Tugboat. There's nothing easy about working on the water. Being a deckhand on a tugboat is one of the hardest and most dangerous jobs out there. 12 hour days where every step and movement taken brings significant risk. But 26 year old Tyrell Hamer Jackson wouldn't have it any other way. I started with my friends. A lot of my friends work here and, and they said it's a, it's a good job to be on the water half the year. So I started training with them and Eventually worked my way up on uh, the seniority list and we're, we're here now work, working with our friends. The Fraser River has become Tyrell's second home, which is only natural seeing how he spends a good chunk of his waking hours on it. As for why he only works half the year tending to these log booms. And we'll see what Hammer Jackson can do in face-off number two. Tyrell plays professional lacrosse for the Vancouver Warriors. He's a face-off specialist who brings intensity every time he's on the floor. We brought him in last year, uh, end of last year when we, when we lost our face-off guy, and I've known Tyrell for quite a few years. Oh, he's a five-foot-six uh, bundle of terror when he when you unleash him. And it's really no different when Tyrell's on the water. Same level of energy, same level of professionalism. He's yet to fall on the water and has become a bit of a social media star for sharing his passion for both of his professions. being a deckhand and being a lacrosse player. His TikTok videos are massive and you can see why tens of millions of people around the world are mesmerized by them. Uh, 11 million views on my first big one and then uh, this next one went 4.2 in about a week and a half. So, His exploits on the water during his coffee and lunch breaks are being seen around the world. Not only has he become an unofficial ambassador for beautiful BC, he's also showcasing Canada's other national sport, along with the Warriors brand and the league it plays in. You know, he's, he's quite a dynamic guy. We're hoping that uh, some of those fans will come out and see us play at Rogers. I'd be honored if some little kid were to pick up a stick because of me. That'd be, that'd be the ultimate goal here. That's all around the world. All around the world they're watching his Millions of views. Videos, yes. It makes me anxious to see him jumping from log to log. <laughs> Freaks me out a bit. He's so good at it, though. So sure-footed. Uh, okay, a real-life Oz in North Vancouver. How a devoted husband is paying tribute to his late wife. Next.
A North Vancouver man has created a magical oasis and tribute to his late wife. 90-year-old Ed Lean decided to commemorate the couple's favorite movie in his garden. It's his way of coping with the loss after more than 60 years of marriage. Our Jay Durant followed the yellow brick road to tell his story. It was an annual anniversary tradition. Every year, Ed Lean and his late wife Shirley would watch The Wizard of Oz. Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Which is why the plan to just put up a simple fence in the front yard last year turned into something so much more. I decided that I would have it become a tribute to Shirley. We were married for uh, 66 years. Shirley was 10 years old when they first met. Ed was 12. They were neighbors. And the idea to honor her memory started with a pile of bricks, each one hand-painted yellow by Ed himself. It kept him very busy. Well, I have to have a focus. I, I, haven't, I don't have her anymore. Of course, everyone walking by stops to take a look. The lean house draws a crowd these days. We should uh, charge entrance. <laughs> Charge an entrance fee, you know. You're up to see the wizard, the wonderful wizard of Oz. Friends, family, and neighbors have all chipped in, helping to make everything from the Tin Man to the Scarecrow, even the new arch, which will one day become the rainbow. We've got seven roses planted around it, and I'm going to have them grow up through the links. And as for that yellow brick road, it leads to a bench that Ed and Shirley used to share in front of the place they called home for so many years. Quite frankly, she's on my mind all the time. All the time. And she remained beautiful all her life. She aged beautifully. I miss her terribly. And this helps. news so beautiful and mm -hmm. thank you for that if you know someone who has a great story to tell or something unique to bc that people need to know about email your ideas to jade Durant at this is bc at globalnews.ca i just felt like that story was the wizard of oz, oz. amazing <laughs> good work all right uh last word on weather before we go quick christy Sure, not a bad day tomorrow, just a very slight chance of showers, but we should see a fair amount of sunshine as well. Nice. Okay, thanks for watching, everyone. See you tomorrow. Good night, all.